Hey, this is Liv Warfield, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Yes, indeed. Welcome back again to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Papa, brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcast. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this vast and expanding uh, cabal of music experts over here at Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Amazon Music, Apple. Uh, I guess iTunes is Apple. Uh, Forty other podcast uh, locations. Just Google us. Uh, you'll 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 find us. Um, okay, so this is episode one hundred ninety-two. I'm calling this good drum sound. I'm surprised I haven't done an episode on this before. I know we've touched upon good drum sounds uh, in other episodes uh, for various reasons. Um, but essentially, uh, what we're going to be looking at here is uh, I've, I've kind of broken this down by uh, by category of, of drumness. I mean, this is this is almost like a rant episode. It's going to be a little silly. It reminds me a little bit of um, of trying to do an episode on favorite guitar solos. Um, you know, production is something that's hard to describe anyways. Um, I'm always surprised when we do like our Contrarians video shows and stuff where it almost sounds like people hear things very, very differently uh, when it comes to production. Some people love certain productions uh, and they'll describe it a certain way and then I'm thinking of it and saying those symbols aren't high at all you know you, you can't hear them I don't hear any bass in the bass drums and then there's an there's a an element of garbage in garbage out like what kind of stereo system you're uh, you're listening to this on that's almost more important uh, there's your own there's your own bass and treble settings uh, you always got to check that stuff you know how, how can you even compare what people are listening to so uh, so this is a bit crazy it's a bit silly it's a little in the weeds um, you know and the other thing I want to say before we get into this is um, you know, I did a whole bunch of research looking on the internet and 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 figuring out what people liked about um, uh, drum sounds, or or you know who indeed would even you know dare try to list list great drum sounds. Uh, you know, I read pages and pages of Steve Hoffman forum and whatnot, and I realized that. Um, you know, we're going to get to a last category here that is a general category, but I realized that, you know, in, in most instances, I mean, you put out a record, it, it essentially, you're trying to get a good drum sound, right? So there are hundreds of thousands of records with great drum sounds and great snare sounds and cymbal sounds and whatnot. And, uh, and it just becomes an exercise in randomness. Um, you know, there are people who absolutely know their jazz or their fusion or their singer songwriter stuff or their country. Uh, and you can just sort of stick in that field and look for stuff. Obviously, um, you know, the ones I want to play here, are ones, uh, you know, I, I feel super strongly about more or less in our field, you know, which is, which is what, what do we call what we do here, guys? Uh, classic rock, uh, prog rock, hard rock, heavy metal, punk, uh, that, that kind of thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I could have gone through, uh, you know, I'm, I'm seeing things like a John Hyatt album or whatever, right? You know, bring the family or whatever it's called. I love John Hyatt. I've collected all his stuff over the years. Um, and yeah, you can, you can find stuff there. 
um, you know, it, it find an amazing drum sound there. You could find, you know, Richie Hayward with Little Feet or even with the Robert Plant album, right? Um, so yeah, we can look everywhere for this kind of thing. So it's a, it's a bit strange coming up with this, but we're going to touch down on some of these, um, some of these things as we go along. Another point I want to make before we get into this, I read a little bit about how, um, you know, somebody mentioned Buck Owens as being a, a pioneer of this, but the idea of um, what sounds good on an AM radio versus an FM radio versus uh, versus your your super hi-fi, uh, you know, system that takes up a whole room in the '70s kind of thing, right? Um, so they would they would de-emphasize bass guitar and and de-emphasize certainly the bass drum end of a bit of of a drum set. Um, so yeah, you you would get you would get uh, what you know. Uh, objectively that you would think would be a bad drum sound, but they're doing it on purpose to sound good on radio and stuff. So there's all sorts of uh, things that go into this. There's mix. Where does it fit in the mix? You know, what frequencies are you fighting with? Uh, anyways, hopefully more of this will uh, will out uh, as we go through these examples. I'm going to start with, uh, you You might guess the one name everybody thinks of first when they talk about drum sounds, and we're going to discuss him right now. Take a listen to this. This is Led Zeppelin with In the Evening. Okay, so John Bonham. Wow. So this is a this is an interesting one. Everybody talks about when the levy breaks and uh, and people can drop down on things on Led Zeppelin one, Led Zeppelin two. Uh, I find an interesting thing about his drum sound, and I was I was seeing you know perfectly smart people say, oh my God, the sound he gets on Cashmere uh, on. Um, you know, on, on physical graffiti uh, is an amazing drum sound and stuff. So so you've got these albums in the 70s. I don't think most of them are recorded particularly well. Um, but, uh, you know, I've listened to isolated John Bonham tracks and you go, wow, everything sounds amazing here. Um, again, it's going to come down to what stereos you put it on and whatnot. Uh, but I wanted to pick In the Evening because I think my favorite sounding Led Zeppelin album is In Through the Outdoor. And, and our category here is bass drum. Uh, so, so I want to talk a little bit about bass drum. So, so the one thing I like about his bass drum sound is, uh, is, is it's often kind of echoey and I call it ploipy. So it sounds like he's got kind of like a loose head going there. Um, so it doesn't sound particularly tight. Um, and it's, but again, it's not always, it's not something you could say is a characteristic throughout everything. But I, I think he, he really gets this, this really big, boomy, nice uh, bass drum sound on the In Through the Outdoor album. Like I say, I mean, I've always said that this album, to me, is the best recorded of the Zeppelins all around, which brings up another point. I mean, when you're talking about drum production, you're really, uh, in most cases, talking about the general production of the album. Or the one thing that subconsciously is making you think about the general production of the album. So that's kind of the funny thing. Um, you know, people have often talked to me. But I, I've, I've, all, I'm always floored when people say, "Oh my God, the vocals are recorded so well on that album." I've never thought about how the vocals are recorded on an album. I had no idea that they could be good or bad. I mean, I've, I've noticed 
uh, loud or quiet in the mix. Um, but other than that, I've never noticed vocals. To me, it's a it's a tone, it's a frequency, and that goes for guitar as well. I usually don't think about um, what does the guitar sound uh, in here. Sometimes more the bass, but definitely the drums because you've got bottom in, you've got whatever the heck the snare is doing, which is some sort of weird, noisy mid-range thing, and then you've got various types of cymbals. You've got hi-hats, which are higher up in the mid-range, moving into the highs. You've got ride cymbal, which can be very pingy and very high, probably the highest thing in the mix. And then you've got crash cymbals, which again could be a little lower than that, and they're making kind of washy sounds, but again, pretty high pretty high in the mix, i.e. into the treble zone versus the mid-range, right? Um, so anyways, so so um, yeah, John Bonham, uh, always uh, mentioned in this. I, w- I want to give him kudos as well because um, he's got some of the longest decaying beautiful sounding the, the massive massive cymbal sounds as well and he also gets a pretty interesting snare drum from time to time um, so people always discuss obsess over John Bonham's drum sound but the crazy thing is it almost seems to me like um, on most of the albums it's it's not sounding that great just just on its own you somehow need absolute high fidelity you know the best versions of these zeppelin albums to really hear it uh, or you need everybody else a, a little bit removed from things i.e where you're hearing kind of just drumming that's why everybody brings up when the levee breaks because it starts like that and a lot of these actually i've noticed that people bring up oh i love that drum sound it's usually because they're hearing something in isolation right um but yeah on on the bass drum tip uh, as well i wanted to mention i've always loved the uh the zz top tejas sound um you know i i love the again even more ploipy of a of a bass drum sound ploipy and boxy at the same time it almost sounds like a floor tom um and there's even a crazy snare sound on that album. i just always loved the drum sound on on tejas i think it's really bizarre but people have mentioned they love the drum sound on eliminator i hate the drum sound on eliminator um and I, uh, well, I'm going to leave, okay, I'm going to leave more ZZ Top mentions for later because our last category is going to be general drum sound. And um, what else? Um, Pantera, this is a, this is going completely the other way. So you could go to the Vinnie Paul bass drum sound that he gets on the Pantera albums. Very revolutionary, but very tight and electro. Um, and it and it, it almost sounds like an electronic bass drum. It's, it's this sort of, you know, triggery idea. So that's that's going the whole other direction, and I think that's a pretty cool bass drum sound too. And I think Roger Taylor from Queen often gets a very good bass drum sound, somewhat inspired by the John Bonham situation. You listen to "Get Down, Make Love" on News of the World, uh, and you know, and when you talk about Roger Taylor, you can talk about uh, Mick Tucker from Sweet as well. And you think of uh, you know recording "Give Us a Wink at Music Land," and and you you know they they went down into the uh, what what I can't remember. Uh, what it was, I, I think it was like a loading dock or something um, down there, and they they try they recorded drums there just the same way Zeppelin did all the you know the strange stuff at Headley Grange. So on on that album, you definitely hear an extreme version of trying to get a John Bonham drum sound as well. So that's your bass drum category. All right, let's move on. Uh, take a listen to this. This is Saxon with Warrior. <laughs>
All right, this is from Power and the Glory, March 21st, 1983. Love this album. My favorite Saxon album by far. Nigel Glockler comes in and just cleans house, kicks everybody's butt, turns this, you know, kicks this band into high gear. Uh, he sounds great on Crusader as well. He's kind of the only guy who sounds great on Crusader. Um, but uh, but the the category here is symbols. So what I love about this is, um, you know, you wonder if uh, if I'm loving the symbol sound on this album because of the way it uh, it uh, it dances with the absolutely extreme guitar sound, or do I love it because of the way he plays, uh, which is absolutely inspired and incredible he's hitting everything in sight he's really aggressive but he's definitely got a, a nice way of integrating the symbols into uh into his fills across this album but yeah i played it back and thought it's pretty harsh and mid-rangey what he does here but yeah it's i i think this album is absolutely um you know elevated another notch because of him just bashing rides and crashes and the hi-hats a little bit open and it's just it's just a very joyous drum performance across the whole album he also gets a great snare drum uh sound as well uh on this tip you know i i've always liked um I've always liked the cymbal sounds. They're they're sober enough, but not you know, but but still beautiful on on some of the best sounding Aerosmith albums like Rocks. Um, I think uh, ZZ Top Rhythmine, uh, absolutely super pristine, high fidelity cymbal sounds. So sometimes you want a cymbal sound that is as high fidelity as possible. You know, just absolutely commanding the you know the upper the upper hertz of your uh, of your trebly range there. And uh, I think uh, the cymbal sound amazing, amazing on Rhythmine. Um, Motorhead is an interesting one. Uh, Filthy Animal Taylor. I love the way he has this roiling sort of circular hi-hat. You know, you could tell he's got a little two-fisted thing going there sometimes, but the cymbals often sound really good in Motorhead. And I wonder there if, uh, if again, it has something to do with... um, Everybody being high up in the mix, Lemmy playing lead bass, distorted high mid rangey bass, and uh, and Eddie's trying to find a place in there, and uh, just the mayhem of the music. But I, I find they have a, a very joyous sound. And speaking of joyous, I almost went with the music clip. Uh, I almost went with Sex Pistols from Nevermind the Bollocks. Um, I think Cookie. Uh, I love the way he's using Crash as ride constantly, and 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 there's a lot of rides as well. Uh, the hi hats open, so I just think the melange of uh, of the way everything sits in there the symbols are just such a beautiful creamy part of that whole album and and they just seem kind of relentless throughout great grooves uh, throughout that album uh Vinnie Apice on Dio albums interesting sort of symbol thing here he does a lot of this thing where he's he's hitting almost like it sounds like uh, sometimes he's using the bell as a sort of a crash sort of situation. So there's these little tings all over the place, which I think is a really neat way of using cymbals, and it's a, it's a neat thing in the sound because Dio has a very mid-rangey sound in general. Vinny's got a very muscular, kind of low-end, mid-rangey sort of thing. Um, I, I kind of listened very carefully for a bunch of his other drums, and, he, and a, lot of the, a lot of the drums don't have that great a sound. Um, and I wanted to mention as well, you know, this was kind of an interesting exercise because it reminded me of that that cool thing that Ralph Chapman said once. You know, he says, when you go through an album, uh, you know, you should listen to, uh, to the whole thing. Listen just to just the drums. Listen to just the bass guitar. Listen to just the vocals. Listen to just the production. Listen to just the guitar. Listen to just the lyrics. Um, so it's, it's kind of a neat way to analyze an album where you're really concentrating. So for this, I found it interesting to compare, you know, uh, yeah, just listen to sounds of even one album by that band and then another album by the band to confirm what I was sort of thinking. Um, 
Simon Phillips, uh, Pete Townsend albums. Wow, they're they're. Uh, remember, we're on the category of symbols here. So, uh, beautiful, beautiful, high fidelity. You know, varied sort of cymbal sounds that he gets, and his other drummers. He's got the the big country guy on on his stuff as well, right? All the best cowboys have uh, Chinese eyes. And you know, the first name that actually came to mind, um, or one of the first when I thought of cymbals, who has a great cymbal sound? Herman Rarebell. I think of uh, I think of the Blackout album. And uh, and those those big Cordy um, hit songs on that, you know, when he hits those cymbals, they they just seem to go on forever. They're beautifully recorded there by Dieter Dierks, uh, so those sound great. Um, bring up a little bit of an idea of novelty. So sometimes when you're thinking of great drum sounds, and we're going to talk about some here, um, novelty enters into it where you think of a super super distinctive drum sound. Uh, and so one example in the cymbal department is the uh, is the cymbal that. Um, uh, Bill Bruford rescued out of the trash can for uh, for the Red album, right? And you can hear it on one um, one more Red Nightmare. Uh, so it's this trashy, busted up symbol that he that he you know pulled out. Some drummer was throwing it away, and he says, "Oh, I'm going to try hit that." Uh, so he puts it up, and and it's it becomes like a real feature of that of that Red album, which is which is kind of cool. Um, yeah, we mentioned John John Bonham again. Uh, super long decay. They sound really lush and full. His cymbals. Um, early Genesis gets a, an amazing cymbal sound. Listen to something like Los Endos from Trick uh, Trick of the Tail. Um, so you get you you know these guys had a really good pristine high fidelity sort of sound. Um, you know in the early days before they changed sort of thing. We're gonna get to that because um, super important. Spoiler alert. Um, but yeah, I I think they got a got a beautiful, lush, uh, super nice cymbal sound uh, on the, that early uh, Genesis stuff. And I think of Neil Peart. Neil Neil got some really nice cymbal sounds as well um, uh, throughout. You know, he hit a lot of different things and a lot of different things. You know, little little Chinese cymbals and things that qualify as cymbals. Um, so they they give you a distinct sound. But uh, but they were always recorded nice and and clear as well. Um, all right, now, uh, this episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind and being truly happy and at peace is hard. Uh, the good news is therapy works, but what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy and you can start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of professional therapy at betterhelp.com slash five songs. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash five songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well... 
I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, Looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise canceling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. All right, let's move on to our third selection here. Take a listen to this. This is Queen with Fat Bottom Girls. All right, so our uh, category here is Tom Toms, Queen, Roger Taylor. Wow. I mean, he gets a great snare sound. He gets a great bass drum sound at times. He often has like a really cool John Bonham-esque um, sound on on the bass drum. But on this album, on jazz, you it, it almost sounds like they're paying particular attention to every Tom and, and trying to get special sounds. He's got like this this ploipy timbali type sound. Um, they they seem to uh, play with volume swells uh, when it comes with his toms. Um, so yeah, you always get some really distinctive sort of tom sounds out of uh, Roger Taylor and just just all around drum sounds in general and just such a cool style. Um, also in this department. 
I was actually gonna gonna play "Let Me uh, Entertain You," the heaviest song on the album. It's got some neat stuff too. But also in this department, I want to uh, mention Gary McCracken, um, Max Webster, uh, with Terry Brown recording there. He he gets um, he gets Gary some amazing Tom Tom sounds and just general drum sounds in 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 total that sound really good all the way around. Uh, and then of course you know some of that might be inspired by the great Neil Peart with the big drum set and the very tuned Tom. So you get you get a real tune you when he's when he sweeps down you know you think of temples of syrinx and stuff like that where um yeah you he, you you get this really high fidelity um distinct tom sound um you know that that sounds really quite tuned um and uh you know also in this department the tom tom department i want to mention uh, bill bruford on things like gradually going tornado and feels good to me his solo albums where he's got that real timbali-ish sort of uh tom tom sound really stands out and you get a little bit of that as well on uh on those great King Crimson albums, the red, blue, and yellow period albums. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, speaking of Bill Bruford, uh, take a listen to this. This is the fourth selection. This is UK with In the Dead of Night. Okay, UK, they only made two albums um, and a live album. This is uh, March 1978. This is Bill Bruford. And um, the the department here, the category is snare drum. Snare drum is a weird one. Here's where we're really getting into the weeds. What can you do with a snare drum? Not a lot. Uh, you know, it's just this big noisy thing. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's got it's got a, a head on the top, a head on the bottom, and it's got this set of snares uh, that, uh, that tightens uh, around the bottom. A head, and when you hit the top head, it rattles those snares at the bottom head, right? So you can have it, you can have it tight, you can have it tuned tight, you can have it, you know, turned on all the way tight, you can have it turned on slightly loose, uh, and then notoriously, uh, remember Metallica Saint Anger? That was a situation where the snares are almost not there or turned completely off. Uh, you know, it sounds to me like there is a little bit of a snare sound there, but uh, that you know, people just were up in arms about that, you know, saying it sounds like hitting an oil can or oil drum right um and you can hear the ringingness of the snare drum because the snare is is usually made out of uh, metal right um so it's a very metallic sort of sound um to get you the, that snare thing so when lars did that um and took the snares off you get you get a ringy sort of sound and it's very distracting right um but no what i like about bill's snare sound and they've said this about his early yes stuff as well uh he has a very a very tight and snappy snare sound like that that may not be to your taste um another one in this department is Stuart copeland very famous for his tight snappy snare sound uh, so it sounds like it, it basically the tuning pegs it's 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 tuned to be a very very tight you know a rock hard head on it that's what I mean by that. Um, so yeah, he has that sound as well. And, and I did compare, uh, I played the second album, Danger Money, which is Terry Bozio on drums. And uh, he's got he's got a similar sort of approach to Tom Tom's there, but I think his snare drum sound and his bass drum sound are a little more muscular there. Um 
You know, XTC, um, and I noticed this in the Steve Hoffman forums and some of the research I did. People really like the snare sound on XTC albums, and I really particularly like it on uh, the Black Sea, where they sound like real cannons, right? People like sometimes that really strong snare sound, right? Um, I think the the uh, snare sound that Lee Kerslake gets on the first two Aussie albums is really interesting. It's very intrusive and loud. It's a little bit towards another novelty snare sound which is like a um a mac snare sound uh you know mac the german um producer uh you know usually working at music land um who gets a a very distinctive snare sound for queen on hot space billy squire and he even applies it a little bit when he works with black sabbath on dehumanizer um so that's a love it or hate it snare sound right a lot of people hate that um it is very noisy um kind of an irritating thing but it is very trademark um I think Ian Clark on Your I Heap Look at Yourself gets an amazing snare sound. I uh, We did a whole episode on the Pasha sound. And so I think Spencer Proffer, uh, the Kickaxe Vices snare sound, very powerful, full-throated, sounds like cannons. Um, people mentioned Lust for Life, Iggy Pop. So there's kind of a novelty sound. And again, that's one where people notice the drum sound because it is um, it is an isolated drum sound, the way that kicks off. Very super boomy. It's just drums alone. Um, so people notice that. Uh, I think Neil Peart sometimes gets a super nice snare sound. Um, he kind of likes it pretty tight as well. Uh, the Signals has kind of more of a creamier integrated snare sound. Um, Another one that I love, kind of amusing, uh, Mick, um, uh, Mick Underwood uh, for Gillen gets, uh, you know, not, he gets kind of a trashy, boomy, loud, irritating drum sound like that works into this unique Gillen production, but he really loves a snare and I think he gets kind of a really violent sort of snare sound. So that's pretty cool. Mickey D and Modern Motorhead, uh, I think gets a good snare sound. Um, Big Country, definitely. There's a lot of interesting things. They were kind of known for their drumming, but he, he got a nice snare sound. Um, and I think Nirvana, um, in utero has a good overall super powerful muscular sound but but gets a good snare sound as well um all right let's move on to our last selection here this is genesis with abacab All right, Abacab, September 18th, 1981. Um, you know, Phil Collins' face value had come out in February 81, and that was doing well, but Genesis is really changing a lot. Uh, this is the first album. Anybody asks me, what is your favorite drum sound? Um, I say Genesis Abacab. I just love the joyous, interesting, bright quality of the sounds that Phil gets here. Um, he had pioneered this whole gated drum sound, gated reverb, where you get decay uh, decay or stop decay or reverse decay. Um, you know, this this gating effect that's, uh, that's applied to, it's applied to toms, it's applied to bass, it's applied to snare. Um, but uh, it gets, he, he kind of pioneers this on, on the Peter Gabriel face melt you know, the third Peter Gabriel album, specifically people talk about Intruder as being very innovative for this, but I think he kind of fine tunes it by the time he gets to Abacab and you get it. So that, so our category here is overall sound. So this is where I love everything about the sound, right? Um, So you get a pretty interesting snare sound. You get a really 
kind of cool, sophisticated, hard to describe, interesting bass drum sound. You get these pretty electro-treated toms, and the cymbals even sound like they've got some electronics applied to them. And there's various sort of a super you know, long decay ride cymbals. The hi-hats sound great. The crashes sound great. His performance is amazing. Um, so yeah, every single part of the drum kit sounds incredible on, on the Abacab album. Um, other ones in this department that I wanted to mention. So this is overall great drum sound. I think Brian Downey from Thin Lizzy usually gets a great drum sound. ACDC. I love the sound of uh, Topper heading on on London Calling. Um, just everything about that kit just sounds super cool and, again, joyous. Elvis Costello Trust, uh, I always kind of, you know, every time I play that, I marvel at how beautiful everything sounds. Super analog, very sober. Uh, clutch, JP Gaster gets an amazing drum sound on the Clutch albums, uh, especially Blast Tyrant. That is just a clinic in getting a, a really conservative, really good sounding drum sound. Tommy Lee Motley Crue gets often, often gets a good uh, sound. Barry Brandt from Angel on the, those first two Angel albums and only those two. Uh, Mick Tucker from Sweet. Again, you get some noise swells in there as well. I think of Alex Napier on most of the very first Year I Heap album. Uh, Jerry Gaskell, King's X, gets a good sound. Phil Collins on Principle of Moments, where it's not that much trickery. It's just more of a beautiful analog sound that he gets there, but it is really good. Um, I thought A.J. Perro from Twisted Sister, especially on the second album, gets a great overall sound. Steely Dan, of course, is going to be mentioned. Um, you know, and most of these that I just mentioned, I made a note in my notes here saying, without personality. So... The idea of most of what I just mentioned are usually not novelty in any way, other than the Abacab and maybe some Tommy Lee. What else do we have in here? I'm just kind of looking through this list. Yeah, most of this I've, I've put down in a category that I call without personality. So these are just really good drum sounds, objectively good. There's nothing very, very incredibly strange about them, right? Um, but uh, John Mellencamp, by the way, as well, uh, usually gets a good sound. Now, um, uh, Charlie Watts, uh, that's with a little bit of oddness and quirkiness and personality, but a great, great drum sound. Uh, moving more into the with personality department, Nico McBrain. Um, you know, you think of Peace of Mind and just just all the, you know, the interplay between that bass drum snow, sound. I can't really think of what the snare sounds like now, but but the tom sound certainly. Um, very, very tuned snare Uh tom sound and the and the symbols the way everything works together there's a very distinctive interesting sound that has a load of personality and that's nickel way up the personality um spectrum is alex van halen everything about his sound snare bass drum you know when he brings in the simmons later uh the very bright symbols like his entire kit just screams personality um in the non-personality department uh daryl sweet on hair of the dog which I think is the best sounding Nazareth album. He gets a great sound. We could do a whole episode on the various Zappa drummers, Chad Wackerman and Vinnie Colaiuta. Um, first Boomtown Rats album, you know, in the punk uh, world has a good sober non-personality drum sound. Nirvana Nevermind, same kind of thing. Um, Metallica, the Black album, uh, it's their it's their least odd sounding very, very good, plush, nice-sounding production. So Lars gets just a objectively good drum sound on that. We did a whole episode, go back into the archives, so you can see a whole episode on that. Uh, Metallica's productions, Roxy Music, Avalon, Nick Mason, Pink Floyd. You know, I think of Animals more than anything. And Well, no, Animals, Wish You Were Here, and Dark Side. Uh, there you get just a very, very sober, beautiful, beautiful drum sound ac across uh, 
all uh, all uh, departments. Boy, this has been a long episode, so I'm I'm gonna save uh, I'm gonna sandbag. Uh, maybe we're gonna do a bad drum sound episode. Uh, how how would you like that? Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's leave uh, any sort of honorable mentions or or in the bad department for another episode. If you like this show and want to support future episodes, you can go to Kofi.com/slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button. Buy me a coffee or a pint. This week, I would like to thank Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, Lee Clifford, David Fisher, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, Steve Polari, and Robert Yates. Um, you can go to martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. Um, I will have the ACDC at 50 very shortly. Looking forward to that. That's coming in this week. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the two Alice Coopers are there, the two Dio's, uh, the Flaming Telepaths is back in print, the Merciful Fate is back in print. Just scroll all the way down out of the 115 books or whatever, you know, there's probably about 80 in print. It's all there in chronological order. There's PayPal buttons for everything. That's martinpopoff.com. martinpopoff.ca to check out the uh, the drawings and artworks I've been doing. You can go to artpal.com um, to get prints of all that stuff as well. Uh, there you go. Uh, go play some of this stuff. And uh, yeah, as, as Ralph Chapman would say, great music, Swami, as he would say, just just uh, block everything else out and listen to the drums and see what you think of the drum sounds. And even if you're uh, if you feel like it's split it out by cymbals and toms and bass drum and snare and uh, and come up with some opinions, come over to the Facebook page. Let us know what you think. Bye for now. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at R and R Archaeology.